Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday here on Blaze TV radio and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. He's Todd Erzin. He is Aaron McIntyre. Coming up on today's show, we're going to throw a bit of an audible for Theology Thursday. We're going to take a week off, if you guys don't mind, from studying Dr. Tony Evans, which so far has has been an absolutely outstanding book yes, called has. Kingdom Politics. And I think it has spurred some really, I think, robust and worthwhile conversations here on the show. We're going to take a break, though, because over the weekend, I decided to respond to a question I am getting a lot more, and it's about finding a church, finding the right church. And I'm going to give my best answer, which I put out on Twitter over the weekend. I'm going to give my best answer uh, to you, share that with you, and then I'll let you guys comment and respond. And we're going to do that for Theology Thursday. I will say this from the outset. <clears throat> Given the times that we are in right now and, and what we're heading towards, I think it is vitally important that people like us, meaning the three of us, those of you that are listening to this show, that are tuned in on a regular basis to shows like mine and outlets like The Blaze, I think it is vitally important that we belong to churches and have um, relationships within congregations that are going to be supportive of us. Where it doesn't feel like all week long I'm out here fighting the battle and then on Sunday we talk about everything other than that battle. And when it comes up I'm like, my, my, my prayer is, okay, please just don't throw me under the bus. You see what I'm saying? Where you are supported. Because you deserve to be. Because you're fighting the good fight. You're keeping the faith. You're trying to finish the race. And so I think now more than ever, it is important for people like us to belong to churches that understand the model is discipleship and not evangelism. That's the commission. It's not evangelism. It's discipleship. And that the, 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 the primary goal of the church is not to create new converts, but to equip the saints. It is the Holy Spirit who calls people to salvation, not a, not a ministry. People are responding to Christ, not to a pastor or a church or a, a methodology. And so... We are, we are fully headed now towards a post-Christian America. And it is vitally important, therefore, that people like us who understand this are getting the spiritual support that, it, that, we, that we need, and there is nothing wrong with needing it. In fact, what I'm saying right now would not have even been a debatable point in almost any previous era of the church until we all decided to seek uh, to get seeker friendly and find our purpose in the latter third of the 20th century or the early uh, yeah the church growth movement really began in the 1990s none of this was this was not even a debatable no previous generation like if you were if if you were hiding out in cappadocia from the muslims you weren't like man i just when i when I go to church in the, in, in the catacombs in the caves of cappadocia today i wonder if the pastor is going to talk about 
how to be uh, uh, how to be nicer or is going to give us the marching orders and the support for the fact we are pressed on every side. You know what I'm saying? You yes. would not have thought that. That wouldn't have been a debate. No one would have no one would have thought. I mean, are we going to try to get more Muslims in the church? Or are we going to protect the people who are in the church? No one would have thought that. So this is not existent. This dynamic of the church primarily serving the people who have not yet come or barely come or are coming but not yet sure they're interested in and in coming again more than the people who are coming all the time. This dynamic is inverted and this has never existed before in the history of the Christian church. If anything, the history of the Christian church was to tilt too much towards serving the people there to become insulated from what was going on in the outside world. So I want to discuss that on Theology Thursday. Coming up next hour, Anastasia will be here with three non-political questions. A good buddy of mine has officially defeated COVID Stan, and I want to give him a victory lap, so I'm going to let him do that coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also, speaking of victory laps, Olivia Sposari says her dad's birthday was on July 19th. His name is Jonathan Waterman, and he lives in Washington State, Jonathan Waterman in Washington State, that he is a huge fan of the show and was hoping we could say happy birthday to him. It's late. We missed it by a week. Sorry about that, but happy birthday to Jonathan. And there was one more I was going to mention here as well. Ross Butler. His birthday was last Friday on July 21st. He's a huge, his wife Jackie says he's a huge fan of the show. They listen every day. Could we give them a birthday shout out? Sorry, we missed the actual day, Um, but uh, we're doing it today. So happy birthday belatedly to Ross. And with that, here is Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Kamala Harris is dead. Long live Kamala Harris. The Trump campaign has publicly and officially endorsed Kamala Harris's lies about Florida's curriculum changes, specifically when it comes to black history in the United States and the notion that slavery was a good thing, which, of course, is nowhere to be found in Florida's curriculum. But that didn't stop Congressman Byron Donald, a fierce supporter of Donald Trump, to parrot the vice president's lies. After Donald's faced immediate backlash for siding with Kamala Harris, against Florida. The Trump campaign via senior advisor Jason Miller decried the quote-unquote smears on Donald's and de facto endorsed the Kamala Harris lies. Meanwhile, CNN ran a three-minute in-kind campaign contribution for Ron DeSantis. Here's the first 45 seconds. We just thought it would be a nice, warm place to live where we could get to beaches. I just never thought that I would have to flee a state for the good of my children. The SB 254... Uh, This will permanent outlaw the mutilation of minors. I remember Tori coming to me one time and in tears, which she doesn't normally do. And I asked her what was wrong and she said DeSantis. And like the fact that a governor would be making my kid cry, that's a messed up government. We're absolutely moving because of the political climate and the laws in Florida. We didn't want to move. We are seeing many families that are leaving. I really think if you were to ask a member of a trans family, they would tell you they go to bed at night. 
dreaming of how to get out of the state. Moving on, federal prosecutors have moved to drop campaign finance charges against Sam Bankman-Fried, the founder of crypto platform FTX and once a major donor to Democrat political campaigns. In a letter to U.S. District Judge Lewis Kaplan, prosecutors said the government, quote, does not intend to proceed to trial on the campaign contributions count, citing treaty obligations with the Bahamas, which had extradited Bankman-Fried to the U.S. last December. Sam Bankman-Fried amassed a staggering amount of wealth, allegedly defrauding investors for his pseudo-cryptocurrency business. He gave around $40 million to Democrats in and around the 2022 election cycle. Fed Chairman Jerome Powell announced yesterday the Federal Reserve is hiking interest rates once again to a 22-year high, moving them up another 25 basis points. Mitch McConnell, your thoughts? Bipartisan cooperation and a string of It was later revealed McConnell had yet another fall earlier this month and has been moving about in crowded areas using a wheelchair. He's 81 years old. Elsewhere around the Senate, Senator John Fetterman of Pennsylvania's speech skills have apparently degraded to the point he can no longer communicate normally person to person. He was seen this week using a real-time voice-to-text application on a tablet in order to communicate with individuals who wanted to talk to him. The parent company of Bud Light says it's laying off around 350 employees. Gee, I wonder why. New terminology update. Here's the UN Secretary General who says the era of global warming is over. The era of global warming has ended the era, the era of global boiling has arrived. The air is unbreathable, the heat is unbearable, and the level of fossil fuel profits and climate inaction is unacceptable. And finally, this from the Babylon Bee. Greetings, Earth. Our planet desperately needs $40 billion in foreign aid, says alien commander who looks suspiciously like Zelensky in a spirit Halloween mask. And that's what happened while we were away. <laughs> Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends over at Eden Pure. Do you have odors in your home that you just can't get rid of? Now you can't. Now you can get rid of just about any stinky odor with the Eden Pure Thunderstorm Air Purifier. Gets rid of strong odors from cooking, cigarette smoke, litter boxes, trash cans, even that mildew smell in the basements are no match because it starts working at seconds to clear a room of any odor because it's not an air freshener. It's an air cleanser. Get a great deal on it right now to own your own thunderstorm. They come in packs of three for whole home protection, and you get all three for under 200 bucks. All three for under 200 bucks, plus free shipping, plus free shipping. So many rave reviews about this product since they came on board our show. Take advantage of this offer at EdenPureDeals.com and use the discount code Steve to get it. EdenPureDeals.com, discount code Steve. We're going to discuss what happened with Ditch yesterday in the overtime today. I've got a poll running right now about an, a maximum age requirement for public office. And I think it ought to be 79. Why? That's the... Well, that was pre-COVID. That was the that was the average life expectancy in America was 79 years old pre-COVID. That's why I chose that number. Well, it's primarily why I chose that number. Okay, but it was pre-COVID. It was the uh, the 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 average lifespan in America pre-COVID was 79 years old. Now it's like 78 point something. 
So it's only fair you get to serve an average lifespan. And people are like, well, we should just do cognitive testing. Who would do the cognitive testing? What agency? The CDC? Yeah. The, what, what, what medical? Yeah. Uh, Have you the, learned nothing? Yeah. All the Democrats are going to do is are choose the ones that say yeah. men can menstruate. So what are we doing here? So we're just going to work around that. We're not doing cognitive testing because I don't trust anybody. And frankly, I wouldn't even trust Trump's doctors. I wouldn't trust anybody. So we're just going to have a cutoff. It's, it's 79, not 29 like it was in Logan's run. But even though I'm 49, I'd rather do Logan's run than watch another dithering geriatric boomer stroke out while trying to lead the country. Fair? Fair. I'm, I will, I'm, I'm fine. Send me out into the, into the wilderness, Logan's run style, for being 49. If it, I will make that trade for my children if it means they don't have to suffer another feeble, doddering, doddering fool stroking out leading the country. I will make that trick. Least I could do. I had 48 good years. We'll call it even. So we'll get into that today in the overtime. All right. A very important event, I think, occurred yesterday in this campaign. And I want to I say this as someone who was fairly tough on the DeSantis campaign earlier this week. I kind of got the sense yesterday on the show you thought I was maybe being too tough on the rant that you went on. Fair? No, it, it, was, it, it wasn't about you. No, not okay. in, No, no. I, I thought it was baby directed at me at least a little bit, but it's okay. No, no, no. You're, we, we, we're men. Well, we can I vehemently know, disagree no, around it, here. No, it, it did not specifically have anything to okay. do. Okay. All right. Okay. So I now, I'm going to keep it real. What the DeSantis campaign and operation did last night to Byron Donalds Listen very, very carefully to me. If you have any interest in politics, getting involved, never forget this. If I ever update my Ten Commandments of Political Warfare, this will be one of them. So consider this, you know what? If the Ten Commandments of Political Warfare are their own standalone thing, let's start a new thing. The Didache of Political Warfare. Oh, that's. Do you like that? That's a quality call right there. I thought I thought I'd pander to you Catholics here a little bit. All right, the the die decay of political warfare. All right, number one. All right, so this is the answer. This is the corollary. (laughs) Okay, number one, never, and I mean never, ever, never tolerate at all being attacked from the left by the so-called right. Never, never. Don't ever tolerate that. Zip, zero, zilch. Nada. World without end. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Amen. Never. Never. Steve, why did you throw the Bible in there? I mean, it's politics. I didn't. That's not actually in the Bible. Henry VIII threw it in there as part of his own doxology when they formed the, king of, the Church of England. It's actually, Jesus didn't actually say that was the Lord's Prayer. Henry VIII did. It's just that's been passed down for the last 500 years, but that's not what the Lord's Prayer is. I like the line, though. It's a great line. It just wasn't Jesus's. So, no mercy. None. So, Robert De Niro's Al Capone scene, this is what you're talking about. Yes. Well, Steve, I, I thought you didn't want war. I don't. I, I don't think what Donald Trump wants is chemical warfare. 
as I said yesterday, the big fear of the Trump campaign is that DeSantis's favorables remain better than his. And that's not just with the general public, but also with Republican voters. I saw data just a couple days ago. DeSantis is trailing in Iowa in this data, but his favorables amongst Iowa Republicans are higher than Donald Trump's. And that's why I gave you that analogy the, last week about the woman at the bar stirring the drink. She is very interested. She is hoping you, you come up with the right. Now, she's not going to feed it to you, right? She ain't going to give it. She's not going to do all the work for you. She wants to be pursued. OK, so she's going to give you every chance, though, to, co- to connect with the right line. But you have to come up with that right line. They're not going to give it to you. And he hasn't done that yet. And that's what the Trump campaign is concerned about. Dragging DeSantis into the mud, into and essentially a a trench chemical warfare level event, accomplishes two things. Number one, it'll drive up DeSantis's favorables, or negatives, I should say. Number two, the kinds of voters that are not already sold on Trump hate that stuff. They just don't like it. Now, understand I'm giving you advice counter to my own inclinations, because <laughs> I love it. All right? I love it. I'm like, okay, I'm just going to take out all my middle-aged frustration on that guy today. All right? And I'm going to pray about it, and I'm going to feel real good about where I'm at right now. Fair? Yeah. That's kind of the way I roll. So this is not, I'm not giving, I'm not giving counsel in accordance with how I normally behave or would typically advise why because i just i believe in truth so as much as i enjoy that level of fight probably more than i should frankly and right now i'm hopped up on steroids still trying to beat this thing in my right ear so filter that or fat filter that into how what i'm saying here today Okay. Just think if it was pumpkin spice season on top of all that. I mean, I was on a call with a good friend of mine. I had to text him before we got on the air. I said, I'm, I'm sorry for some of the Randy language. I'm really just doped up on steroids right now, and I'm feeling great. I can't hear where the lick. All right, but I'm feeling great. Okay. Aaron's fingers on the button. Yeah, so right yeah, now. my fingers on the button, Aaron, so have yours on the button too. All right. Okay. So my inclination is I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Because I just think that's fun on a day that ends in Y. But you know what I love even more than the fun? Winning. You know what's more fun to me than anything else is? Winning. And I don't care about how we win. I don't. Doesn't have to look away to me. I don't have to be a service academy running the triple option. I don't have to be the late great Mike Leach running the air raid. I don't care. I'm Bill Belichick, man. I don't care if Tom Brady hands it off 50 times one week and throws it 50 times the next. Just do your damn job. And like the late, great Al Davis used to say, just win, baby. That's all I care about. Just winning. That's all I care about. Nothing's more fun to me than winning. Now, if I can win the way I prefer and enjoy, even better. But I'm not a guy, well, we lost, but I got to play the game I wanted. No, uh, second place is the first loser. Life's pass fail. There are no grades. So win or nothing. That's kind of how I roll. So this is me giving winning advice, not the advice that I actually would perform and behave myself. Donald Trump wants chemical warfare with Ron DeSantis. He needs to drive Ron DeSantis's favorables up and turn off the kinds of voters that don't like that stuff. So they'll look at Vivek Ramaswamy and Tim Scott instead. And if I were on Team Trump, that would be my strategy, too. It's a good one. But that's not the same as you come into my house, try to have your way with my women, insult my mama. Hell no. 
pacifism and and, and it is, is not what I'm what I'm what I'm not advocating is pacifism. Never show weakness. Never. Trust me, you don't ever want to be outside of a broom closet in Greenville, South Carolina, finding out that your candidate is on his knees genuflecting to a seventh place candidate who should have dropped out two months ago to apologize for a 14th time for something he never did. I've been in that situation. You don't want to be. It's a bad place. It's the, it's the equivalent of when you're driving down the road with your old man and some guy drives next to him and, and some, ki- some teenagers drive next to him and just disrespect him and he doesn't say anything. And you're like, dude, man. You're doing like the Steve Carell, you know, gif. Old man is soft. When really, when, that, when, when the old man sees that, what he needs to do is speed the car up, get up next side of those teenagers and tell them, you know, what's up? You know what I'm saying? There's a code. Mm-hmm. You don't ever show weakness, ever. Whoever is the strongest candidate in this race or perceived to be is going to win, period. Show no weakness. Don't give Trump what he wants. Show no weakness. And, and frankly, they should have done this to Trump's press release two days ago and let it slide. The whole thing about, well, now he's doing collusion against Trump. No. Thankfully, they didn't let this thing with Byron Donalds slide. He's a congressman in their home state, one of the highest office holders in their own state. And I don't know how Trump gets people to debase themselves like this. I found out later on why Trump got Jerry Falwell Jr. to debase himself the way that he did. I've never met Byron Donalds. I don't know. But for whatever reason, Trump can get people to debase themselves in ways they otherwise would not. I promise you, Byron Donalds... Excuse me. I promise you Byron Donalds does not actually think what he said about the Florida education curriculum. I promise you. Because he's had a year to say this and he has said nothing. He just so happened to say it this one time. Because why? Because all Trump does is watch media all day long, tuned into the media, saw they were hitting DeSantis, called Byron Donalds, said, hey, call the black guy out of the bullpen. We We got a black guy in the bullpen, don't we? Call the black guy out of the bullpen to come in here and call DeSantis a racist for me so we can pile on with the media. That's how it works. I promise you that is exactly what occurred. And so in this case, I'm like, okay, I got to see. Where's the slayer of Florida? I need to see this. Because sometimes as a campaign, as a candidate, I'm like, all right, man, I'm holding on here because somebody, somebody defeated COVID stand, right? Yes. Somebody, somebody punched Disney in the balls, right? Somebody, yes. somebody did all these things. And so it's in there somewhere, right? It's in there somewhere. And finally, when they, when they missed on the Kamala thing earlier this week, that's when I finally spoke up and said, help me help you. Show me the money, okay? Help me help you. I, I can help when, when Trump's dominating all the headlines. I can't help when you're weak, and I won't. Here's the other thing, more importantly, I won't. I'd go, do, I'd go with Trump instead. I'm not helping weakness. One thing I've learned, I can't help weakness in men. Can't. If, if you're going to be weak, I can't help. I need to see the slayer of Florida. The last 36 hours or so, first of all, I've seen all of his media appearances, like Clay and Buck and everything he's done. All of his messaging, right on point. 
And then his machine yesterday just dropped a freaking Moab on Byron Donalds. And man, I got up this morning, grabbed a pack of camels, fired up the War of 1812 Obiture. And just watch the blood, like in the scene in The Shining, where the blood comes through the uh, elevator hallway and just watched it. Bathed in it like Carrie. Boiled it, broiled it, sauteed it, okay, fried it. Blood gumbo, okay, we had it all. Yes, no mercy, no weakness, show none. To any, any attempt to attack you from the left, from the so-called right. Because that stuff pisses our people off more than anything else. That does right there. And you can tell because there's two layer of Trump supporter. There's the baseline Brucewitz loomer groomer, or loomer grifter, I should say, who would, if Trump told them, you know what, I need you, that sign that Samuel L. Jackson wore in Die Hard 3, I need you to put that on and go walk through South Central like that for me. Okay, cool. Don't do it. They're working Penub, man. They are working Penub, all right? But then there's another one who is a real person and is really trying to save America. What you want to do is silence those people because you've demoralized them because Trump's messaging is so dumb and dishonest they won't even try to defend it. And so I wouldn't stop beating up Byron Donalds now. What time is it? Greenwich Mean Time? It's 1225 Eastern. I'd just be, if I, was, if I was one of the DeSantis Twitter accounts, man, I'd just be resetting this constantly. Wouldn't stop beating it. Every time Jason Miller came at me, I'd take that ridiculous picture of him alone in a room on Zoom, testifying to the detestable January 6th commission with an N95 mask that the whole, yeah, we knew the election wasn't stolen and we just, you know, we knew it wasn't true. We knew we lost. I'd take that picture, man. And I mean, I, 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 wouldn't, I wouldn't post about the Trump campaign if I were on the DeSantis team without posting that picture. So this is better. Now you have to stack these days. But this is better. This is what is expected, and this is what will be needed to win. Not wanting to engage in a war, in a gaslighting war, that only Trump can win. And will debase you is not the same as I guess I'll just let Trump and his people walk all over me. No. I mean, if I see that, I'll go endorse Trump next week. Because I know half the time Trump's going to stab me in the back, but the other half of the time I'll get something out of him. That's pretty much his presidency, fair? Sure. Yeah, but, you know, flip of a coin. Yeah. But sometimes Harvey Dent's coin comes up in your favor. Sure. Yeah. I'll, I'll roll with that. Then weakness. I can't, weakness cannot be abided. Show no weakness. None. Show none. So no mercy for none will be granted to you. And when you have opportunities like this, and now you can put Trump and Kamala Harris on the same side, oh yes. You can't exploit that enough. Like in four days, you want me tweeting, all right guys, that's enough. That's time to move on. But don't stop until that kind of stuff happens. It's like, a re- that's like the old DJs used to say, 
when when I'm sick of the song is when the audience is just starting to get it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's when it's just starting to trend on the charts. I would be hammering this into the ground. And you are. So I'd keep doing it. Thoughts? <laughs> uh, good times. Listen, I, I want to circle back to what you said. I, I did not say what I said because I'm too... Uh, I thought it was too hard. I think it's a both and, uh, especially considering your place in Iowa. This kind of advice needs to be nonstop as it regards him. My point was to reset the fact that there's simply nobody close to the reason why it stood out, Steve, that it wasn't happening is because you're so used to it happening with this guy. And I wanted to stress it again. People yes. are pretending uh, pretending now because they get so easily st- sucked into Trump's orb that he, I, don't feel ba- is, I don't feel bad for asking Nolan Ryan yes, to show me a 100-mile-an-hour yes, exactly. fastball. Exactly. Because I know Nolan Ryan can throw a 100-mile-an-hour fastball. That's all it was. Throw the heat, Ricky. Yes. That's who he is, though. Wild, I want wild thing. All the time. Don't pretend he's not that thing, though. All right? He has been. More than any governor in our lifetime. He has been. He's right there. But, you know, those 100-mile fastballs, you know when they get there second time and a third time and a fourth time? When they can feel the crowd. You're the crowd. Stop doubting them. Get on board with this thing. And the heat train will keep coming and coming and coming. Aaron, you got something quick? I would just say you made him look weak yesterday. You keep doing that. Yep. That's it. Right there. If you want to win. Because I'm going to go for the strongest guy. And so is the majority of everybody else. Back here on the Steve Day Show, brought to you by our friends over at Jace Medical. Funny thing, I was telling you guys this before the show. I had to go get a follow-up appointment because the antibiotic they gave me didn't put a dent in what's going on with my ear at all. And my doctor was like, well, the urgent care clinic should have given me a steroid right away. So thankfully, it's only been three days of this, so I don't think it's too late. So that's why I'm a little hyped up today. I'm on the, I'm on the steroids now. But... Uh, one of the things he said to me was, by the way, that antibiotic is, that we gave you is really good. And if you're penicillin resistant or allergic like you are, take it. I'm not going to take it back from you. You keep it. Take it everywhere you travel. I tell my kids and grandkids this. You don't want to be, you never know when they run out of these. There's always shortages. You don't want to be like you were in L.A. last weekend. You don't want to come down with something and be sitting in the ER in L.A. for 12 hours waiting to be seen. So just take that with you. And I thought, huh. <clears throat> That's a pretty good pitch for Jace, right? That's exactly what our friends at Jace Medical are all about. First of all, they introduced the Jace case last year to make sure that just in case an emergency, I guess we'll call it, comes up and suddenly the meds you need the most are suddenly now dangerous, ineffective, and unavailable, that you would have them available. Now they want to make sure the meds that you are using are available, that you can get a 12-month backup supply of all of your antibiotics for a wide range of issues including mental health and more at jacemedical.com. Use the code DACE at checkout for a discount as often as you can. 
puts your health in, 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 in put the fate of your health in your own hands. You can't do it all the time. We're not doctors. We're not God. But as much as you can, do so. Jace Medical, J-A-S-E, jacemedical.com, and enter the code DACE at checkout for the discount at jacemedical.com. All right. Now in my right ear, I am getting a beep. So that's new. <clears throat> is, that, is that a sign of progress? I'm getting a beep. It's, it's, like it's like my right, it's like when we were kids with the rabbit ears. It's like I need someone to come and adjust the, and hold the rabbit ears on my head to tune in the right channel on my right ear. I won't I, do that. Did Elon <laughs> Musk implant his uh, neural link in, there, inside you? There you go. Oh, I thought that went in the palm of your hand. Oh, well, maybe. Uh, mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, let's bring on my good buddy Gabe Wrench from out there in the allegedly red state of Idaho. Good to see you, Gabe. How are you? Steve, thanks for having me back on, man. You betcha. And so I, I have you on here for no, no other reason other than it's my show. We're friends. And you get I want to give you an opportunity on my show, a friend of mine, to run a victory lap. All right. Because I, I think it will also <laughs> encourage our audience yes. the reason why you get to run your victory lap as well. So let's go back to the very yeah. beginning of your story and your personal battle with COVID, Stan. How did it start? Yeah, Steve, thanks uh, for the victory lap here. You know, uh, my case started back in March 2020. Our mayor shut down. I live in a, a, a blue dot red state, you know, city of Moscow, uh, my red state of Idaho, and my liberal cult of leadership in town shut down downtown uh, because of COVID. Before COVID, before even one case of COVID happened in our town, and then they start they started this uh, social distancing um mask mandate so we're if you were outside it's not inside if you were outside you had to stand six feet apart where you could not wear a mask and so uh we started protesting my search started protesting and keep in mind that all this was going on he he initiated the shutdown of our businesses in town that same week or the following week he went out and drank beer and played golf with his buddies on, on the golf course and then so my church started protesting not only the hypocrisy but the social distancing mask mandate and then in September 2020, uh, uh, September 23rd, he had me arrested. We were singing psalms in this parking lot. If you recall, they had spray painted circles six feet apart in the parking lot so they could objectively see that we weren't standing six feet apart in the parking lot. And I was singing hymns. They had to take my hymn book away from me to arrest me, to handcuff me. And uh, three weeks before that, he was officiating a wedding outside not social distancing not wearing a mask and he had me arrested three weeks later because as you know steve the democratic party is is it sounds like a pejorative but man it, it really is more like i think it's becoming more and more accurate that the democratic party is more like a cult than anything they're the new party of the ccp you know you know coercion control and a lust for power hmm. that's the ccp of the democratic party and so when you challenge that party even though they're hypocrites and all they're like govern Governor you know, Newsom and Governor Bill de Blasio and all that stuff, even though they're hypocrites and all that, they will have you arrested for exercising your First Amendment rights. And the George Bush compassionate conservatism that we all grew up in, that's the beep in your right ear there, Steve. That's the beep in your right ear. That George Bush <laughs> compassionate conservatism is, is the, uh, it's been a lie this whole time. They don't fight. The conservatives haven't fought in the last uh, you know, decades of, of our lives. So we're stuck as citizens fighting this new CCP party that we're dealing with. And citizens like me are getting arrested for not, you know, social distancing and not wearing a mask in 2020. So you took them head on after they arrested you. 
and and what happened? What's the end result? Yeah, so so after three and a half years, so this is keep in mind this happened. I got arrested in September 2020. I run the won the criminal complaint against me and Thomas More Society. God bless them, came behind me and backed me in this three and a half year lawsuit against my chief of police, the arresting officers, the city supervisor, and the city prosecutor. And we just finally won this last week. We got three hundred thousand dollars for uh, kind of a nineteen eighty three civil lawsuit claimant and they uh so that it no way no way he froze just as we were getting to the best part do we have him back i'll work on it real quick you've got to be kidding me we have not had an interview freeze on this show in a long time i think we got him back all right do we have gabe back all right go ahead start again all right right, run the Uh, victory lap right now go yeah yeah okay so, so the victory lap, the best part is this This last week we won. We got we won $300,000 as a 1983 lawsuit claim. Uh, Thomas More Society got $150,000. I got fifty, dollars and the resting couple, that, and the couples rested along with me, got $50,000 each. But here's the crazy part, is the press release came out this last week. We won. And then five days later, the city prosecutor got an award, a service award from the Idaho State Bar. <laughs> you can't make this stuff up. They because Colts protect the city, their own. First of all, this has been part of. That, that's exactly right. Colts protect their own, and you you actually I've gotten more interviews and more publicity out of the victory, than I did with my first initial arrest, and I think that shows how hungry people are for victories, and how how much especially during COVID, I'm one of the few people like John MacArthur that actually got a victory in this whole you know, uh, COVID stand 2020 CCP lockdown situation so my victory has been a major uh point of news even bigger than my arrest it's been pretty crazy kind of the victory lap that i've been able to run through all this i was on fox and friends i was on uh you know newsmax oh one american network of course steve dace your show man people are hungry for victories and this is a big victory because it reminds citizens nationwide that the city council cannot violate your first amendment rights even during uh pandemic whatever you want to call it an emergency major victory an emergency can't violate yeah. it during an emergency yeah, yeah 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 so big big pushback big win for for kind of constitutional rights and against tyrannical little cult-like ccp city councils and all this who are more than happy to violate and and play the hypocrite they don't even care about playing the hypocrite they don't even care about hypocrisy they just do what they want and make christians do and follow the rules do you know why you won because it wasn't because the rule of law was on your side um, it wasn't because even your mission was righteous. You won because of conviction. You were willing to suffer for what you believed. You were willing to be arrested. You were willing to, uh, to be scorned, to be scrutinized, yeah. to be ridiculed, yeah. to be mocked. That's, mm-hmm. and, and, and see, uh, m- too many of us these days, Gabe, aren't. Yeah. And so that's why they think they can do whatever evil thinks it can do whatever it wants to us. It can come right into our front. It, 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 we can come home from work all the, all, and, and work all the live long day, come home, hear evil having its way with our wives, come down from our bedrooms all sweaty, look at us and say, got anything cold to drink? And we're going to do nothing. Mm-hmm. 
That's what it thinks. Yeah. It thinks that we will not endure, that we will not persevere. We will not stand in the gap. We will not watch on the wall, that we will abandon our posts, that we will avoid conflict. That's what it thinks. We have conditioned it to think this way. And so right. you endured. You went to the you went to the mattresses. You finished the race. And that's why you yeah. won. And I still have leftists in town. You look at the social media comment threads and all that stuff. I still have leftists in town who are like, Gabe just needs to leave. He needs to take his money and run. He needs to get out of town. They still, even though a federal judge ruled in my favor, they still think I'm the wrong guy. I'm the bad guy. And they protect our, our hypocritic, cult-like city council and our previous mayor. It's, it's so I, you're right. I mean, I've, I've been, you know, lied about in the media, especially in our local media, uh, the, 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 our local media did a report on the city's press release. They would not do a news report on my press release. And so it's all. Isn't that the best feeling? Isn't that the best feeling when you've got him so defeated that they won't even mock and ridicule you anymore? They'll have to ignore you now because you have yeah. so whipped them like a dog. Isn't that yeah. the best feeling? I, I get off on that. I love it. Like, um, like, well, I, 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 like, like how God. many people in Des Moines, Iowa have had, ever had a best selling book? And, and produced a theatrical grade movie. It's probably a very That's short right. list. My local That's media right. has never mentioned it one time, and people are like, does that bother? You? Oh no, are you kidding me? I have to, I yeah. have to, I have to, I have to say, grandma, 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 into my brain. It arouses me. I love it. I love the fact I have so whipped these people that they have no choice now but to act as if I was never born. That's the win. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, thank you, Steve. And the city council is still acting like that too. I never existed. All right, so I, I wanted to save this to the end because I, I figured what you were going to say was going to be the best sales pitch. You and your crew do a fantastic show out there in Moscow, Idaho. All right, take a good, take a good minute or two here in front of hundreds of thousands of people and pump that thing up. What's it called? Steve, thank you so much. So I host a TV show and podcast called Cross Politic. That is crosspolitic.com. Jesus is Lord over politics. We started it in 2016 because the church had done a horrible job discipling Christians on how to apply the Bible to politics. And then God gave us President Trump and all of a sudden Christians started tuning in because they're like, well, how do we apply the Bible to politics? And uh, so we've been doing this since 2016. We of course have Steve Dace on a lot of times, Ted Cruz, Ben Carson, all over. And, and the, if Jesus is Lord over our lives, then he's Lord over the world outside of our hearts. And so we need to learn how to apply the Bible to politics because that's how we win this thing. We don't win this thing because we have some sort of rhino principles. We don't win this thing because we think we can negotiate our way through the democratic poli uh, process and, and get to victory. We win this thing because Jesus is Lord and he is supreme over everything that we do. And his word applies to every area of life. And so uh, uh, that's crosspolitic.com. And we also have a great conference coming up at, at the Ark Encounter on October. Uh, it's October 11th through the 14th called The Politics of Six-Day Creation. And it's a fantastic conference. We kick off the conference with singing beer and drinking, uh, singing beer, uh, drinking beer and singing psalms. And we have punch for the kids. And it's at the Ark Conference. It's at the Ark Encounter in Kentucky, which is a historical, scientific, and spiritual experience. And we'd love to see, obviously, your listeners come there October 11th through the 14th. Thanks for that plug, Steve. Anytime, my friend. Thank you for what you did, enduring and setting the example, brother. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. Lord bless. All right. Same to you. I'm going to get you guys' reaction in a moment after we talk about our friends. Over at My Patriot Supply, why are so many people buying emergency food right now? Well, 
Now we've got the highest interest rates we've had in 22 years. Aaron was in elementary school the last time interest rates were this high. And we've already had some shots fired across our bow. Hey, where's the, where's the baby formula? Hey, 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 where are the antibiotics? Hey, uh, where's the toilet paper? Just make sure you're prepared with our friends at My Patriot Supply. Go to preparewithdace.com. You get one week emergency food supply just in case for one week. Stays good for over 20 years. It's breakfast, lunch, dinner, even drinks and snacks, the full 2,000 plus calories that you're going to need. And you get it for $30 off right now this week at preparewithdace.com. Again, that's preparewithdace.com. Once again, that's preparewithdace.com. All right, gentlemen, your thoughts? I have great respect for Gabe. I've been in his shoes a couple of times. You know my story at uh, the Des Moines Register and then with Carlisle, uh, cease and desist orders to try to make me go away, calls from the cops. Listen, they, it wasn't random that they picked you there, Gabe. They knew who you were, and they decided we need to make an example of this guy because if we can break him, no one's ever going to step. And you simply, year after year after year now, you said no. I, I absolutely love it. It's, it's the only way forward, and it wouldn't take the majority of men to do it. It usually is that Leonidas and his mighty 300 Damn it if you didn't do it. God bless you. Because, again, this justice is supposed to work much quicker than it did. And that's very, very frustrating, and understandably so. But you just said, I can do this all day, Captain America. A frickin' men. Steven, I don't know if you planned it this way to do uh, Theology Thursday on what we're about to do it on, but it's a perfect dovetail. Because when you look back at the video of, of Gabe getting arrested, what was he doing? He was together with his church, mm-hmm. singing psalms mm-hmm. and hymns and spiritual psalm, uh, songs. The rest of Ephesians 5 that I just kind of quoted there, it's, it's kind of a how-to course on discipleship, how you should live as a believer. And the perfect dovetail here is we're going to get into that because there is a dearth, the dearth of discipleship within our churches. And what Gabe got, really got arrested for was being a disciple of Jesus Christ. That's really what he got. He was literally to the text doing that. And God bless him for setting the example. Talked about earlier how people are thirsty for wins. How do we get wins? We get wins by making disciples. And uh, that'll be, uh, I think, uh, a table setter for the conversation we're about to have. Indeed. Yes, he endured and Gabe gets all the credit for that and I gave it to him but if we had more time here's what he would have said I wasn't standing out there alone I mean he took the punch Mm -hmm. okay but it's a lot easier it's never easy to take that punch but it's a lot easier when you're being supported as as it's occurring as it's happening he was not alone a triple braided cord is tougher to break he was there. Uh, the, the brethren, they were there. They stood together now because he's the guy with the show in the community and he's out front. They went after him first, but he was not. So he might be the David Lee Roth here, but he's not, you know, Van Halen's not a solo act, right? He's not out there by himself. Just one man, you know, tilting at windmills, railing against the system. That's Todd Erzin at a school board meeting. <laughs> okay. But the church was there. 
and therefore they're supporting you while you're being persecuted and that makes it easier and you bet that is going to lead into the conversation we're going to have here next stay tuned back here with hour two live and on demand on blaze tv radio and podcast hyped up on steroids as we attempt to fix whatever is wrong with my right ear so is it intermittent beeping or just uh i just started getting it like like a beeping you would get like when a a recording is over or something you know what i'm saying so it's continuous no it would it, it just showed up like an hour ago or half hour ago like a beeping and then it went away. And now just the normal buzzing is there. Weird. It is weird. So I'm a little hyped. <laughs> Everyone needs to know this. Can you feel your energy, Steve? <laughs> yes. <laughs> People don't know that's a classic line from our original uh, radio show. I used to let the kids come on when they were younger. And Noah, he got shortchanged because by the time he was old enough to do it, I had left local radio, you know. And so he, I don't know that he ever got to do it, but the girls got to come on once a year on their birthdays. And uh, our youngest daughter, Zoe, the first time we ever brought her on, man, she was psyched to be on, okay? And I looked at her and said, sweetie, you look pretty psyched up. She goes, yeah, I can feel it. I can feel my energy. And people loved that clip, man. We played that clip for years, all right? People loved that clip. All right, so that's what that was a reference to. Right now, I can feel my energy right now, all right? So... This may may have been a tad aggressive so far, even by our standards, all right? But I just want you to know, I freaking crushed my cardio workout this morning. <laughs> I'm, I'm good. I can't hear worth a crap, but everywhere else, I am feeling pretty good right now. So we will try to keep it within the bounds of the rules as best we can. And unfortunately, I'm working with two individuals do, that do not do a great job of holding me accountable in that regard, but actually encourage me too often to go the other way. It's our spiritual gift. It is. At this time, I, I may need you guys to actually not use that gift today. And actually for the next couple of days, I got to be on these steroids for like the rest of the week. So, all right, let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. D-E-A-C-E, like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. Uh, follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, uh, TikTok, Instagram and uh, get her and you can also find me over on truth social at real steve dace on truth social if you like the podcast and you haven't done this yet please leave us a five-star review and thank you to all of you that have done that we appreciate each and every one of those and hit subscribe or if you're listening on itunes i think you hit follow these days hit that instead and again thank you to those who have done that for us as well and if you go and talk to our friends at pure health research you'll be thanking them later because as we get older, fatty liver becomes a much, a much bigger problem. We got a lot of tread on those tires over the, you know, I turn 50 tomorrow. And so if you're Gen X or older, you have, you know, you've put that liver, one of the most important organs in your body, you have put a, you put it through a lot of stress over the course of your lifetime. Even, even if you're doing, you know, things like you're trying to, you know, taking Tylenol for headaches, 
or bad things like, you know, 20% of the country still smoke cigarettes, for example. All right. This can lead to fatty liver. Maybe 100 million Americans have this right now, and it can bog down your body overall, your metabolism, your ability to lose weight, etc. That's why you're looking for the liver, liver health formula from Pure Health Research. Uh, and it is an all-natural supplement that contains 12 clinically proven botanicals that help to recharge and protect your liver, manufactured right here in the U.S. of A., <clears throat> pardon me, and approved by American doctors. You can try it now and receive a free bottle of nano-powered omega-3s to keep your heart healthy at the same time. So a package deal, get the liver health and the free gift right now at getliverhelp.com slash Steve. That's getliverhelp.com slash Steve. Theology Thursday this week. I want to take a break from the what I think has been, I hope anyway, it's been for us. I hope it's been for you too. A, a very fruitful and rewarding conversation uh, centered around the outstanding book by Dr. Tony Evans, Kingdom Politics. And we have uh, been discussing that on the show now most of the summer. But I, I took some time out this weekend on Twitter to respond to a question I am getting a lot these days. Churches. And what should I be looking for in a church? So I, I want to say, I want to say two things before I, two disclaimers before I answer this question. One, and I'll, I'll reiterate what I said at the top of the show when I was previewing this discussion. Um, I think it is important, going back to what we were just saying about Gay Brench at the end of the last hour. I mean, you have to be a unique individual like Todd, where you think vinegar straight is a delicacy. True. A lot of people, like a lot of people aren't irascible, 170 pound ginger Catholics who drink vinegar like it's chocolate milk. That is a unique, that is a very unique and, and, they, and they come from a left-wing place called Madison, Wisconsin. That is a very unique set of skills. <laughs> I'll allow it. That's a, that is not a common uh, set of traits. That is not a portfolio found in many people. That combination of things. Fair? Fair. Fair. My wife would testify to that. Yes. And, and clearly then she has some unique traits <laughs> as well. Um, and you put your two unique traits together and you guys have raised amazing kids. But it takes that kind of unique portfolio to be willing to just be the lone guy at the school board meeting week after week after week after week after week. And if that's not you, it doesn't necessarily mean you're terrible or weak or lazy. You know, my own background, as I've talked about many times, prepared me for not requiring a lot of affirmation and at times that has most of the time that's been a benefit to me there are certain times that I've abused it and it's been a detriment that I've alienated people unnecessarily that I have um, not won over people that I probably not not took the time to won over people that I probably could have fair yeah you know um, it's and it's it's why we need the church it's the family of God and when you're in, think about it, when, when you're in trouble in your natural state, where do you go? 
to the people closest to you, and that's typically who? Family. Now, unfortunately, with the era in which we live, that's not as common as it used to be, but it is still one of the most likely places that we go to for that kind of support. I had a family member I've not talked to in several years come to me, well, before this week, the previous hottest day of the summer, their air conditioning broke down and they did not have the money to fix it. And they came to me thinking, given, you know, what I do for a living, I might. And I did. And I was able to help them. And they were very thankful. I said, you don't have to thank me at all. Because when I got thrown out of university for not attending a class 30 years ago and had no future and nowhere to go, you let me stay at your place rent-free while I rebooted my life and figured things out. That's the least I could do. In both instances, even though there were many years between these events, in both instances, instinctively, we each knew, both my aunt and I, we each knew when we are in a tough spot, reach out to family, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Spiritually, that is what the church is supposed to be for us. And Paul's way of saying never go against the family is never give up, never give up doing good things to one another, especially within the house of God. Unfortunately, I don't think a lot of churches provide that environment today. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the heretical ones preaching the doctrines of Barbie and Glimmer and Taylor Swift. That's not as many churches as we think. It's too many. But even ones that hold on to the word, to orthodoxy. A lot of times you're made to feel if you are aware of what's going on in the outer culture and you want to do something about it. If you understand that Goliath is in the Valley of Elah insulting the living God to the, in, in his face out in the open. And if you're like, I'll take that armor and, that, and, 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 and I will take those smooth stones and go down there and do something about it, you're made to feel in a lot of churches like you're bad because you convict them of their complacency and inaction. That's why. And they want to live in their bubble. We are now entering into an era, I believe, in a post-Christian America that it is more important than ever before we try to find places that give us the support that Gabe Wrench got from his church family when he stood up to the system. Now, that is not going to be easy to find. Did I say it would be impossible to find? No. No. It won't be impossible, but it will not be easy. It, it, that also means it won't be convenient. And you may have to make choices that are not convenient. Another church that has start times that don't work as conveniently for your schedule. Meeting new people. But when it goes down, ask yourself this question. Not if, but when it goes down. Can I trust the church that I am at to stand in the gap? When I stand in the gap. Now, that's the first test. The second one. When I stand in the gap, there will be a small number, too small of a number of churches that will say, that will affirm that first one. But the number is going to get cut even more on the second one. If I stand in the gap, will they support me? And just it is not wrong for a husband to want to desire his wife 
and for her to respect him and admire him, nor is it wrong for a wife to want a husband that would love her and cherish her and would take care of her. It is not wrong for you to want to belong to a church that will provide you that kind of support. It is actually the way it's supposed to work. So that's disclaimer number one. Number two, I'm not a divinely appointed apostle. Therefore, it is, it is, I don't have the authority to preside over and issue blanket decrees about individual churches. I don't know most of your situations. And a lot of times when you guys ask me about your situations, and you do a lot, I'm hesitant to ask because, or to answer because Proverbs says, one man's story seems true until you hear the other side. Is there another side that I don't know? And I don't want to bear false witness, right? <clears throat> so, with those two disclaimers in mind, and let me keep, let's get this out of the way. I'm just going to assume it's an automatic that these are churches that, that have already met the obvious criteria. Right? What Paul lays out to Timothy about what church leadership should look like, for example, orthodoxy. You're not going to go in there and some purple-hooded, you know, um, uh, they-them pronoun uh, with, you know, um, nipple rings um, are talking about, uh, you know, um, Adam's first wife, Lilith, that they read about um, in the forbidden books. Okay? And if I, had to, if I had to issue that disclaimer, then we, already, we failed as a show. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I mean, orthodoxy is like an automatic, like breathing. I, I, I shouldn't have to say they're orthodox. They, they are believe they'll teach the Bible. I, I don't have to teach. If I have to say that, then back up. We're not even to this conversation yet. All right. So with that said, number one, has this church preached through Romans in recent times? Or could you see them having the courage to do that? Why? Because I'm trying to determine how seriously they take discipleship because Romans does not allow you to water it down. It is, it can, it cannot be watered down. It cannot be. It's impossible. It is the most seamless, complete, um, theological treatise in human history. It annihilates arguments against the gospel that won't even show have, that hadn't even shown up on the planet at the time Paul was writing that, likely somewhere in the 50s or 60s AD. I mean, it is the if I could be like Mike of the, of, of of epistles. Okay, you, you you cannot defeat it, and so churches that. Won't, no, the churches that aren't, that aren't interested in truly discipling their people will avoid it because, because of that. There's some very difficult things to, to, to um, you know, Paul makes some very difficult statements to navigate about the nation of Israel. The church is the church. The fulfillment of Israel is it a replacement for Israel. Will there be a revival of non-Messianic Jews in the, in, in the, late, in the last days? Does, are, do we choose God? Does he choose us? I mean, the most difficult topics for us to chew on, and not just us in this era, but any era of Christendom, where, where great thinkers and authors were divided, are all tackled in this book. The subtitle for Romans should be no one gets out alive, <laughs> right? And so 
if unless your church is serious about discipleship, they aren't touching that. Because it's just too convicting. It begs too many questions. If you tried to water it down, the text itself would indict you. Let's take these one by one. Your thoughts on that one, number one. Aaron, you, uh, my answer by default on that one as a Catholic is going to be a little different. I mean, sure. does it ring true? I think you better. I, I would agree. I would agree with this. And it's I think you, you pinpointed this, Steve. There is no massaging you can do. If, there's no massaging you can do on Romans 1. So there's no massaging you can do on the rest of the book either. You can't massage. The wrath of God has been revealed. Yes. You can't massage that. Okay. So, again, we're not talking about skinny jeans, already heretical churches. We're talking about churches who probably mean well, but don't really have the stones to really confront both within and without. Do they have, do they have the wherewithal? Do they have the motivation? Do they have the courage? The courage <laughs> to actually preach on Romans 1. That's what you're trying to figure mm -hmm. out here. And if they do, then you can open, uh, open this conversation up to a lot of other things. But there's a lot of churches out there who mean well, who may be um, lowercase, orthodox, lowercase o orthodox on a lot of things, but really don't go to the high places and tear them down. That's yep. what we're trying to yep. eliminate here. I mean, just, to, just really quick, by the time you get to the end of chapter one of Romans, Paul has said, hi, I'm Paul. Here are a few of my friends, and I want to say hi to them. Now, uh, the wrath of God is revealed on all of us uh, because we all deserve it and are terrible. And, and then we get to the verse that, uh, and before that, we get to the verse that Martin Luther said sparked the entire Protestant Reformation. The biggest argument in the history of the Christian church that is still ongoing. That's chapter one, <laughs> right? That is chapter one, guys. You cannot water it down. Your thoughts really quick before we move on? I would just, in the Catholic <laughs> Church, there's a three-year cycle where you go through all of Scripture. So if you're not familiar with that, we don't just preach on all of Romans and it's in, uh, in entirety. Um, we, it, it's in the cycle of Old Testament, uh, New, uh, the epistles and Gospels. So I think more from a Catholic perspective, uh, both parishionally and then in the diocese at large, is thematically is Romans, which is, again, at the heart of what the Catholic Church believes is the center of all of Christendom. Is that emanating in all things you do missionally? Number two, does this church specifically engage and equip its men? Why? Because as I said to you last week, women need encouragement from other women. That's not the only thing women need, but it's the primary thing women need in friendship and fellowship with other women. They need accountability too, but the first thing they need is support and encouragement. Men need support and encouragement from other men too. But the first and primal th or primary thing we need is accountability. Men must have accountability from other men. And so when the men's group, when the men's ministry starts up or new guys join, at first, yeah, let's talk. I, I, I wish I was better to my wife. I wish I was more patient to my kids. Hold me accountable. Man, I got to stop checking out that hot chick at the gym. That kind of stuff, okay? That, I'm not saying not to do that, and it's all well and good, 
But men won't just keep doing that over and over again. In fact, if you keep coming back like eight weeks in a row to the men's ministry and say, yeah, you know, I basically um, mounted that hot chick at the gym again this week, the other guys are going to look at you and say, why are you wasting our time? You see what I'm saying? You're not serious about this. Men need accountability from other men. But after they'll kind of pour out their heart, the way men operate is, okay, I'm ready for battle now. I've unloaded. So what are we doing next? Like, I'm not here to just keep pouring out my heart every week, 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 week. I did that. We're good, man. I'm good. I'm in the fight. I just need you to show me where's the fight? Where's the fight at? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What are we doing here? I got a lawn to mow. I got a business to run. I got kids who've got hopefully not soccer practice, but too many of them do. Okay. I've got stuff to do. I've got a role to play. I've got responsibilities to fulfill. So if I'm showing up here at 7 a.m. on a Saturday, we're going to do what? So we're going to just sit here and kvetch, and then we're going to do what about it? A lot of churches don't want that. We're going to do what about it? Because when the men get engaged, they then go to the men who are pastors and say, why aren't we doing anything? And the pastors don't want to do anything. Because that's confrontational. Because when they, when, when, they want to, when they want to expand the campus and the city won't approve it because you went to the mattresses on Drag Queen Storytime Hour, they don't want that. They would rather expand the campus. And the men are going to be like, if we're not doing anything, then I'm not doing anything. This is a waste of my time. So if the men are engaged and equipped, they will want and then eventually demand to be sent into battle. And so if your church doesn't have a men's ministry, there is all the reasons why it doesn't are bad. All of them are bad. And I promise you the primary one is what I just said. May not be the only one, but it'll be the primary one. Quick thoughts on this. Now this I can identify with <laughs> directly. I, 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 this is a while back. We're going back maybe 15 years. But this gentleman who was deep into his 70s, you should just see the fight he pitched over money allocated to keeping the grounds. I mean, you basically just summed this up. He, oh, he got into that. But the minute I started talking about you know, uh, where do we stand on things? It was right during uh, a gay marriage going on. And he talked about we th that's way too controversial. And we started getting into it. And he tried to put a, a sunny kind of mm -hmm. listen here. And I said, L let me tell you right now, that is absolutely not how this is going to go. So you might want to just decide either to put down that fight, because if you keep going, I promise me. I promise you, you are going to lose this one. And he stepped back and he decided, I'm going to keep my powder dry. Uh, but this, I, this, this is so important. Uh, and it's one where almost all ch churches are failing at these days. And it's why you have nobody at school board meetings. And especially if they have a win women's ministry and not a men's ministry, that's, um, I mean, that's inexcusable as a red flag. Aaron. Just very quickly, I, I think another way of saying this can you recognize definitively if there is a recognition and application not of what men can be, but what they must be? Bam. That's, that's yep. what you're looking for. Yep. 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 No options. No more. Our men no longer need, should be looking at Jordan Peterson, who himself is a spiritual explorer, on how to step into manhood. They should be looking at the men, looking, getting that from the men leading the church, who represent the ultimate picture of manhood. 
the Lord Jesus Christ, God incarnate, Emmanuel, God with us. Capital H, him. Number three, does the pastor love his congregation enough to confront them? And remember, confrontation isn't atoned by an action. And I'd listen to several random messages to discern this one. And they're usually online. Like Jack Hibbs, I was there over the weekend. Him and I use a lot of the same expressions. Now, his tone and delivery is different than mine. He's California cool, man. I mean, he's got a lot better hair than me. He's got the perfectly untucked shirt. Like, I wore an untucked shirt, and I wish my wife would have told me, honey, that's way too big on you, and it looks like you're having a baby. Clearly, this is a shirt from 30 pounds ago. Should not have untucked it. I should have tucked it in. You know what I'm saying? Okay. But he can wear any shirt untucked, right? And he's, and, but I got to tell you, man, dude, open up the Bible. So he looked California cool. Dude opened up the Bible, though, and confronted his church. Right out of Romans, actually, when we were there. It just so happened. So it's not a tone. Confrontation isn't a tone. Okay? Um, it's an action. Are they willing to confront their people? Because that's what a dad does. That's what a father does. That's what our father does. That's what our spiritual fathers are supposed to do. And confrontation is to lead to correction and restoration. Good on this one? Yeah, and I'm personally blessed right now. Our finest pastor in terms of that I've ever uh, had the privilege of uh, worshiping uh, under. I mean, he does a fantastic job. Good. You could be so bold as to ask somebody on staff. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is not the right thing to ask, but you could be so bold. You don't have to ask for specific scenarios. But when was the last time somebody was Matthew 18 out of this mm. out of this church, mm -hmm. going through the process of correction, and mm -hmm. they didn't want to correct, so we chucked him out of the church. I've been through. I've been in two churches where that happened regularly. And one's like, well, why? That doesn't sound like a healthy church. Why are you chucking people out? All that? No, that's a really that's healthy church. That's a very church. healthy church. Yes. Number four. Is the pastor the kind of man the young men would look at and look up to? Because if it's soft, weak, wimpy, your young men are going to watch Andrew Tate instead. Number five. If, if and when it goes down, is this the kind of church and pastor that knows what time it is? and would have your back or not? Do they support mature and engaged believers like they do seekers? Now, they're supposed to support them more, actually. But I'm not even, you know what? I'm not even going to ask for that. Could, I, could, could we just, I'm going to go full Chris Rock. Can I get one rib? Can I get any support? Can I get any? It is not the model of the church that the people who are not serving Christ receive more support and encouragement from the church than the people who do. That is not the church that Jesus established. That's a marketing group. That's a corporation, not a church. But that's a big ask for a lot of churches. So could you get at least as much support as the seekers get? So that's the best answer I have to this question. I get a lot. You guys have about three minutes. I'll let you guys close it out. Go ahead. Well, uh, be careful on your preconceptions on what the look might be of the yes. person. This is what Steve said about the shirt, though. Uh, the example comes to mind, and Steve, you highlighted so well. Remember the Orthodox Jewish fathers who cut the 
the locks. They got the bolt cutters so their kids could play in the playground during COVID. We had pictures or showed video of these guys. You know, they the the the, the look was not uh, of Stallone. You know, coming in. It doesn't matter. These guys were prepared to go to war, and their sons saw them. So you you must be prepared uh, that you know David was picked the youngest of sons. Many were thought to be more for the job. No, David came along, and he's the one who slung that stone and took down Goliath. The fate, you trust that God gives you eyes to see what your own eyes possibly can't based on how you were brought up. Yeah, so the obvious, obvious, um, what was the word, You criteria, criteria that orthodoxy would agree to for what constitutes a local body of believers. Those are standards. What we just laid out, the five points you just laid out, those are standards. Expectations are how we expect those standards to look. Okay? Be careful not to confuse standards with expectations. Mm -hmm. I've seen that happen a lot. Well, they sing hymns, so therefore they're a conservative church and they are healthy. No, 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 no. The guy wears a suit and tie, therefore they are healthy. May, you know, it could be that that's an indication. Your, your attire that you wear, the way you present yourself, it could be an indication of what's really going on in your heart. But be careful not to conflate standards and expectations. Brother, that is such an important point where you just said. That is such an important point where you just said. Because you could have a five foot seven guy who's a bucko five soaking wet up there wearing, you know, Harry Carey glasses. And your son looks at him and says, what are we doing? All of a sudden, the dude opens up the Bible and freaking Paul Bunyan comes out. You know what I'm saying? And then your sons who might be a little bit more on the nerdier side. OK, they're like, hey, I like that guy. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. that is vital. And what you what you really did is put a finer point on. Try to judge things the way God judged things, yeah. not the way that we judge yeah. things. Yeah. So I sincerely hope that this conversation was helpful to you in some way. We'll come back. We'll probably have a conversation that will not be helpful to us in any way. <laughs> My daughter will join us for three non-political questions. Stay tuned. All right, back here to talk about one of our new partners this year and i am very excited because i'm excited about things being clean and naturally it's clean is fantastic clean the bathroom this morning use naturally it's clean don't laugh you know i'm telling the truth i know you are i know you are. <laughs> <laughs> and i know it was like 7 a.m yes you were blasting know. it and everyone's like what are you doing yeah. i know that that's exactly what it was yes yes you're right sweetheart yes this stuff is phenomenal though and um, they've got toilet cleaner. I use that today. I use the, the surface cleaner for the rest of the bathroom. Um, the dog is having, uh, you know, he's, we, we were at about a 99-1 ratio of potty training for about 10 years. And now as the dog is getting older, it's getting closer to like 85-15. <laughs> and I was, I was getting a, a tad disappointed in my beloved puppy with that 15%. So... Naturally is clean is also responsible for Cap still having a home. So we should give them a plug for that. All right. This because true. it's <laughs> not even a, that's not even an exaggeration. It's so true. All right. I was like, Cap, it's been great. Okay. <laughs> but all good things, Jean-Luc, must come to an end. Okay. <laughs> then naturally it's clean and their pet and odor stain remover came along. That's not even an exaggeration. <laughs> 
This stuff is phenomenal. Best, best pet stain odor carpet cleaner. Because the last few months, Cap, Cap has made us try them all. <laughs> all right. And this is the best one. All right. So if you want to try it right now, uh, they offer two-day shipping. Uh, you can get their Essential Starter Kit, which features four of their most popular products. They do a laundry detergent as well. Great stuff. Great family. They're patriots. All made and manufactured right here in the USFA. Naturallyitsclean.com slash Steve. Naturally, it's clean.com slash Steve. Go there now. Get 15% off, 15% off, and two day shipping at naturally it's clean.com slash Steve. It is now time for three non political questions. We all have questions. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? Who am I? A search and a question of identity. Why am I here? A question of meaning and purpose. Where am I going? Question of destiny. Some better than others. What sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop? Injecting some levity into the demise of Western civilization. It's three questions on the Steve Day Show. Indeed it is, and there she is. My oldest daughter has returned with three non-political questions. Anastasia, good to see you. Good to see you too, Dad. How are and, you doing? Uh, well, it depends on how good these what these three questions happen to be. That will determine how I, I think answer they're pretty, that question. I think they're pretty good. I think I do a pretty good job. All right. I got to ask now because this precedent was set a few weeks ago. Are you going to ask anything that will prompt Todd to say something that will get us canceled everywhere? <laughs> no. I mean, maybe this last question, but we'll see. All right. All right. Well, well then we'll, I guess we'll play <laughs> Maybe it all get out. fired by you. Okay. We'll see. All right. Here I we promise go. nothing. <laughs> Go ahead. So my first question for you guys is, so this is a little bit of a nefarious inspired question because I'm kind of curious. So if you guys were on death row, what would your last meal be? That's a great question. Steak and potatoes. That's a pretty good one. That's a pretty good one. Aaron? I would get the Idaho nachos from (laughs) Granite City. Mm. They're an appetizer, but I always just got them as a meal. And uh, ever since Granite City shut down here in... uh, in Des Moines, every time I drive by the old location, location, that's where that restaurant you were telling us about, Cooper's Hawk. That's where yeah, it is it's now. Yeah, it's good. I, I do, I do have to fight back tears. Nice. I would go Chicago style pizza, but it's got to have Graziano sausage, pepperoni, and Graziano mm. sausage. And then for dessert, chocolate shake, extra thick. No, <laughs> I'm going like a hot warm gooey chocolate chip cookie cookie. skillet with like vanilla vanilla ice cream over i would just eat that today (laughs) this thursday (laughs) i just eat that for dinner right now that's how i would go out (laughs) and then and then like my last words wouldn't be many many take a parson they'd be be so scary the lions are going all the way you all because do you you remember the guy like in the 90s who was who got executed in california and his last words were what are your last words? And it was like right before the football season. It was like right when training camps are opening. And his last words were, the Raiders are going all the way, y'all. Those were his last words. Wow. That is a true story. He said the Raiders are going all. I, I remember Jim Rome did like a month of shows on this guy. All right. And uh, those were his last words. The Raiders are going all the way, you all. That's how he went out. So I would go out with, the Lions are going all the way, y'all. That's what I go out with. Yeah. I can't get over that. You just said chocolate chip cookie skillet. Oh, that's so good. That is really good. It is really good. Yes, it is. Yeah. It is really good. You know, one time I heard somebody say that they would choose an unlimited endless buffet 
because then they can, can never she come die. back and, and then no one get executed? <laughs> yeah. I'm not done yet. I've heard people and say that. And it'd be like too. that Simpsons episode where he went to the all you can eat fish fry and they threw him out for going back so often. <laughs> Eventually they'd have to like stop you. Yes, I like it. Okay, my next question for you guys is I so we did this like a while back. I want to redo this again. So I have some new dude code stuff for you that I got, that I want you guys to write on a scale of one to ten. Okay. Ten being I, or maybe let's just say you agree with it or disagree with it and explain why instead of the scale. Okay. okay let's do it that way. Okay. So. Chocolate chip cookie skillet. One. <laughs> <laughs> the first one is a dude is never, never is in all caps, afraid to fail. No, that, that's not true. It, it, I mean, fa- failure, generally speaking, you can learn from you know, but there are specific, like, I, I have to succeed at this on behalf of people I love the most, whatever. I yeah. know. So yeah. it, this kind of reminds me of the I don't know if you guys as high school football coaches, you know, used to throw the trick question at you. Hey, if you're if you're running with the ball, should you be afraid of getting hit and tackled? And you're obviously, no, no, yeah. don't be afraid. No, yeah, you should be. Your, your goal is to make it to the end zone. <laughs> See, I, I'm glad you, that's a great way of putting it. I would actually argue fear, if, if you are afraid to fail, you won't lead. You won't take initiative. You, you won't get outside of your box. Correct. That's why I, all your lives I told you guys what? Two requirements to marry a man. Gotta love Jesus and had to have been in a fight. Because if he hasn't gotten in a fight, phys- metaphorically or literally, hasn't taken a punch, hasn't gotten knocked down, then he'll be, he'll be one of two kinds of guys. He'll be the kind of guy who thinks he's invincible, and so he'll be reckless and dumb. You don't want that, because then you're not secure and safe. Or he'll be the kind of guy that will take no initiative at all, because he's not sure he can take a punch and get back up from it, and then you'll have to wear the pants, and you don't want that either. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so I, I would actually say fear of failure is actually a great motivator. Um, that, that I, you know, uh, on one hand, mm-hmm. and on the other hand, if, if you are afraid of failure, you will be paralyzed when it comes to stepping in and taking risks and growing. That was good. Okay. The next one is, if a dude dies while lifting weights, the other dude shall add more weight to the bar before dialing 911. <laughs> <laughs> and then like get a quick set in. <laughs> No, but I get it to make it look like he died lifting like die. I kind of like this one because the premise is, man, this dude went out on his max bench. You know, I kind of like that idea. That's, you know, having your back, making sure I, I'm going to buy that one. Yeah, I, I will approve that one. I like it because the implication is don't let your don't let your boy get punked. All right. So I like that idea. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I disagree with this one. I think it depends on how much weight is on it. But then again, I don't think it even depends on how much weight it is, is on it. If he goes out benching 135, come on, man. You deserve, your legacy deserves <laughs> to be tarnished. Aaron's over there just spitting on the ground. Okay. Now, if it's 250, you don't In fact, really, in that if case, it, if your buddy does that, run. You don't want to be in the shot. Yeah. You don't want to, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, know this guy. I don't know who he is. If yeah, it's 250, 300 yeah. pounds, hey. You don't really need to add any more yes. on top of that. People are going to think, well, could you even do that? And you, will it kill you? Yeah, just get, I'm out of the frame. It's like when Jordan used to go up for dunks and you'd see guys run out of the frame so they wouldn't get posterized, <laughs> right? I'm taking off. You're on your own, guy. I'm done. Yeah. But I kind of like the idea of, you know, not letting my buddy go out weak. Pour one out. Yeah, I kind of like that idea. All right, before we get to the third one, 
If you are struggling right now with chronic pain, make sure to check out our friends at Relief Factor. It is the all-natural anti-inflammatory that was created by physicians who can prescribe drugs. Why? Well, I mean, go back to what we were just saying earlier. I mean, if, if, even when we take stuff to help us, there's usually an offset somewhere, you know? So if you take too many ibuprofen, too often Tylenol, that can put some strain on other organs in your body. So what if you could deal with this inflammation naturally in a way that wouldn't create those kinds of trade-offs? It may not work for you. They're not guaranteeing anything, but they're giving you a shot to try it three weeks or less for less than 20 bucks. 1995, so 20 bucks basically. See, if you don't see a difference in your chronic pain level, your, st- your soreness, stiffness, achiness, achiness, et cetera, in three weeks or less, and if you do, then you're going to be one of the 70% of people who try this, love the results they see, and then stick around long-term. That may not be you. Understand, you might be part of the 30% that it didn't work for. You're only out 20 bucks, but for 20 bucks, it's worth the shot. So take it right now at relieffactor.com. Call them at 800-4, the number 4, 800-4-RELIEF, 800-4-RELIEF, or relieffactor.com. All right, question three, sweetie. So, the, But this last dude code one is, a dude never wears Crocs. Uh-oh. <laughs> These are the most comfortable shoes I have worn in years. So if this is a dude code violation, you know what? Color my hair purple, slap on the nipple ring, and, and I'll start dropping pronouns because these things, I swear by them. I love how comfortable That's these are. That's sadly going to be a meme that I don't want to watch or see. <laughs> that will be uh, somebody's <laughs> meme later this afternoon. Yes, I just walked right into that one. And, uh, it, you know, I stepped on a rake, and that's my bad. I got to own that. Yes. If Nevertheless, s- I freaking love these Crocs. If Steve did not wear Crocs, I would disagree with this. But because he is, I do agree. <laughs> Isn't that That's, isn't isn't that, that an application of the what yes. I just did an application yes. of the dude code? Yeah, I like that. <laughs> and yes. then my, that may be my favorite dude code answer of all time. What he just said there, yes. And then my last question for you guys is: How would you describe each other in three words? So, Dad, how would you describe Todd and Aaron in three words, and then all around? Um, and you can't say like male, father, husband. <laughs> like, how would I know? describe Todd in three words? Um, resolute and steadfast is how I would describe Todd in three words. Thank you. Okay. Aaron, I would describe resolute and resourceful is how I would describe Aaron in three words. Uh, Steve, uh, got my back. A friend and an employer in both, uh, in both ways. Uh, and, that, that echoes a lot of what he talked about in the church as well. Oh, my ear's beeping again. Is the, whatever's in the microwave must be done. Activated. Yes, yes. And Aaron, uh, um, yeah, resourceful. That word is so true. Like, um, Scotty, Star Trek Scotty, like, engineer um, and uh, faithful. Todd is honey badger, as in like the meme. Yeah. Honey badger, don't give a bleep. Yeah, that's good. And Steve is wise and unafraid. Oh, well, that's very nice. That was so nice, guys. It was. Did you like that? I'm, that was I'm really sweet. uncomfortable right yeah, now, as a matter too. of fact. Aww. How much how much more of this show is, are we done? I've got five more minutes. I've got, I've got four more minutes. I don't know what to say after that. I'm very uncomfortable. Insult me, uh, please. Somebody. 
All right, is that it? Yeah, I thought that would be nice to end it on. That, that was a nice note to end it on. So thank you, sweetheart. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. All right, so gentlemen, final thoughts on today's show. And I made it out here doped up on prednisone without saying any words that we would have to bleep. So I'm going to call that as a win, given my intensity level when this <laughs> we started up here this morning. So what do you guys think? Uh, I am really uncomfortable. I'm trying to think of ways to insult both of you without getting myself fired. <sighs> Just start talking about being an Iowa fan. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, the Honey Badger thing, you know, you're a Badger fan too. Yeah, I didn't even what think it, about the what, double meaning there. That's good. Yeah. What, yeah. what was it that uh, Luke Fickle is calling his offense at Wisconsin this year? It's the, Something it's, the milk. It, it's the, the dairy something. Is like, it really? Yeah, it's the dairy serious? spread or the... <laughs> is it really? No, I'm dead serious. <laughs> dairy spread. It's, it's, <laughs> it is being called dairy something. You but know, he's like calling dairy it that raid, or... Dairy raid, dairy spread, That's something really like odd. that. That's odd. Yeah. At least he didn't buy his uh, players' hamburgers. Because that's a cardinal sin, apparently. Indeed, it is. I, I, it's going to blow my mind seeing your team go out there, man, running four wides in November. That is going to blow my mind seeing that. Yeah, it's going to be weird. I can't. I, I want to. I would love to be the thought bubble over Barry Alvarez's head. Like, because I think right now you guys are playing Minnesota at night, based on the Big Ten schedule I saw yesterday. I mean, the first time y'all roll in there in November, when it's dark in Madison, Wisconsin, at two thirty in the afternoon, and they roll out in those in that four wide, I want to be the thought bubble in Barry Alvarez's head. Just wonder, just I can't. I mean, that is going to be it. Probably it's it's mm-hmm. reminiscent reminiscent of what happened when Rich Rodriguez showed up here after thirty years of watching Bo Schembechler football, and all of a sudden now we're out here running, you know, zone reads with quarterbacks that they're calling long striders. That means they're white and slow, okay? And people are like, what are we watching here, right? You know, so. Yeah, it, listen, I mean, I think I said this before. It, it harkens back to the days of uh, the reason Barry Alvarez ended up getting the job because before him, Don Morton came into town with the Veer offense. And yeah, that's going way old school. Yeah, that did not work out well. No, no that did not work but out well. But on the other hand, Barry Alvarez is just a show me kind of guy. I mean, listen, in Wisconsin, both in Dick Bennett basketball and Barry Alvarez football, getting both sports back on the map. It was about the. I, I can wish I had North Carolina basketball or Michigan's football talent stream. I don't currently, and I probably won't for a long time, even if I'm successful. How do I win right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they that's... both won right now because they were realists and good at managing reality. Mm-hmm. That's what I think this is. I mean, I think Wisconsin saw, hey, we were better at being Iowa than Iowa for a long time. Now Michigan has just access to a lot of the Jimmys and Joes that we will never have access to, uh, and they're doing what we do better than we are doing it mm-hmm. right now. So mm-hmm. we better zig while everybody else is zagging. That's what I think this is. It's either going to be a wild success or a failure. Tomorrow is our first day group in three weeks because we had the leadership summit. Hmm, Last Friday I was out in L.A., so we ran an Evergreen. That's pretty good programming. It's our most popular segment, so it's a good thing to not do it for three weeks. That's excellent excellent management on my part. I mean, I've planned that out very well. Yeah. Let's just not run our best segment for reasons for the next three weeks, so. 
They don't call me smart for nothing. Our people will be what, back. What, did he just call me wise a minute ago? <laughs> I just decided we weren't going to run our best segment for three weeks. <laughs> but we are going to see it tomorrow. Uh, we will have the day's group tomorrow. There is talk that the January 6th indictment for Trump could come down this afternoon. His attorneys are meeting with the feds in D.C. today. So we shall see. All right. That'll do it, though. We've got geriatrics to talk about in the overtime after what happened to Old Ditch yesterday. For Blaze TV subscribers at blazetv.com slash dace. For everybody else, we'll see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.